Welcome to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Silito. This podcast is a result of my purpose to help ambitious business owners like you avoid stress, overwhelm, and burnout in the workplace. In this podcast, I share everything I've learned about how to grow a profitable business, stay fit and healthy, maintain strong relationships, and develop the right mindset for success. So you can thrive, feel inspired, and work at your full potential. Hey, Andy Ramich, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Delighted. This is something new for me. It's live across many platforms. Yeah, 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 we are. Yeah, we're live on LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube. And so for those that are picking up the replay, welcome. Andy, I've been really looking forward to having you on. Uh, I've been following you now for a couple of years with the particularly the one year no beer movement and the positive impact it's had on my life, you know, and taking what we're calling tactical breaks from alcohol. So I think we, we should certainly touch on that because that's a topic that comes up a lot with the uh, business owners and, and it's, uh, it's created a lot of engagement on, on LinkedIn, this idea of giving up alcohol. So tell us a bit about One Year No Beer, how it started, what it's about, what's the purpose of it? Yeah, this will stop is six years ago, almost to wow. the day, can you believe? Six years ago, uh, I grumbled those immortal words, never again. And bearing in mind that was about the 500th time I'd actually said those words, never again, but this time I meant it. I just went on this little adventure. Really, it was meant to be 28 days, a break from alcohol, because I'd sort of reached that place in my career to go um, a bit back from that, where I was slightly disillusioned. Um, I'd reached that traditional place of success in many ways, like we were aimed for, and got there and went, oh, this is a bit average. This is a bit right. five out of 10. It should be better than this. I should be moonwalking and breakdancing, and there should be choirs and harps playing because I'd reached that place that I'd fought so hard to get there. And at that stage, I was freestone overweight, you know, I was unfit, incredibly unhealthy, my relationships were strained, I plateaued, I lost a lot of motivation, a lot of productivity. It was like, this can't be right, this cannot be right. A part of that process, I ended up leaving my job, which was uh, a broker in the city at the sort of number one firm at the time, to set up my own brokerage. And as part of that process, I just wanted to do everything I could to improve my performance. And one of those things was to take a break from alcohol, which sounds nuts. Right on the surface, because broken and a lot of those traditional sales type jobs are very much, uh, you know, involved, enveloped in entertaining and, and alcohol is part of that process. So to sort of say I'm not going to do that raised quite a lot of eyebrows, to say the least. So I set out on this alcohol free adventure and I was rubbish. I slipped up, tripped up, stumbled, had my rubber arm twisted constantly. I made every mistake in the alcohol free book and I found it really difficult. And just to set my stall out, I was a middle lane drinker. It's really important. Middle lane drinker, I described as someone that would drink sometimes moderately, sometimes not at all, sometimes averagely, and occasionally heavily, which is basically everyone on the planet, right? We're all pretty much middle lane drinkers. So there was nothing to excess. I was just drinking like everyone else. But what I realized, it was stealing my consistency on a consistent basis, my consistency in the way that I was showing up in the office, my consistency in the way that I was showing up in my relationships, the way that I was exercising, the way that I was eating, it was destroying it even twice a week. Think about it. it destroys your consistency, that hangover stodge, that can't be bothered to go to the gymness, that can't be bothered to pick up a phone. In my industry, if you don't pick up the phone, you don't do business, right? right. So that was all bubbling away in the background. I thought I'll take a break. I found it incredibly difficult, stumbled and fumbled many times, but I got interested. I got intrigued. I wanted to understand how my brain worked. So I went back and did degrees and master's degrees in the end, became a master practitioner of NLP because I wanted to understand what was going on. And as that pro progress 
um, went forward, 28 days became 90 days. My life was transformed, had an amazing experience. Business went through the roof, that, that new business that I started, it ended up being seven times bigger in half the time in an industry that prized alcohol, right? I demonstrated that it could be done and I could get fit and healthy and all these wonderful things. And I was like, I've got to share this with someone. So I teamed up with another broker called Rui Fairbairns. Fairbairns, I've got to pronounce that right, he turns me off. And we thought, let's just share this stuff. Let's just get it out into the world. We didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't have a plan. We just wrote a little ebook, put it on the Tinter web, and off it went. You know, 10,000 downloads later in the, in the right. space of about three or four weeks. It was unbelievable. Brazil, China, people were resonating with this story that we've put out into the world, which was this. There's nothing to give up and everything to gain by taking a break. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Um, and that was really capturing people's attention and imagination because it was the first time I think they'd heard people like them, middle lane drinkers, saying, actually, if you take a break from alcohol, guess what? You perform better. You're more motivated. You'll save money. You get your energy back. You get your time back. What are you giving up? Nothing. And that was a story that really started to gain momentum. And that was the real genesis for what later became the whole one, you know, beer movement. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's such a, a shift, isn't it? In in the way people think. I mean, you talked about it being six years ago and really being um, quite taboo in a way to talk about not drinking. But I think what you've done over the last six years, you've introduced so many people to it that it's becoming less uh, of a challenge for the status quo now. It's it's becoming more accepted. We're seeing um, alcohol-free bars popping up, you know, so people can go and just enjoy having a drink. Um, but I think your point that you're making, which is probably attractive for a lot of people, it's this middle lane drinker. You know, not, not this is not necessarily this is not AA. You know, which is a, a different. No, not um, at all. It, but it's for those that are recognizing that those binges on the weekend, although that you know that that's uh, de-stressing that people might refer to it as, actually is having a, a ripple effect, and it can affect. We talk about what you do to do on a Friday night is going to make a big difference to how fast you start on a Monday morning. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another way of saying that, and I say it a lot, is the worst trade in history. And bearing in mind, I know a lot about bad trades, but the worst trade in history is trading your Friday night drinking for your whole weekend. Yeah, it's yeah. a terrible trade. Writing off about that. Yeah, yeah, it's a terrible trade. Just think about that for a moment. And that's why I'm all about tactical breaks. It's not about giving it up forever. It's not about telling anyone off. It's like, look, take a break. Run the data. If after 28 days you're fitter. And slimmer your eyes are brighter you've got more energy you're producing yep. better in the office you're making more calls the information's in the data you've got everything you need to know and then you can use it tactically so when i do the big corporate talks which i do a lot of now and and the big corporates are really interested you know it's why lots of people want me to come in and talk about this stuff because they've realized as well that actually encouraging their staff without being nanny state because that's obviously a very careful line you have to be careful <clears> across <throat> it's just being inspiring and encouraging people actually by taking tactical breaks you might find through your own visceral experience that you perform better and if you yeah, do, yeah. something how, how do you cope with you know that situation where someone says you know what i know i could be more productive i know i can have a better relationship i'm more likely to to hit the gym because i don't feel fatigued and it all makes absolute sense but particularly in those uh, you know listening to this and saying yeah but i do my best deals with my client when we've had a few drinks and everyone relaxes and we're out partying, that's that's when the, the real business gets done. How do you counter that argument? Well, it, it's very easy for me in many ways because that's how I did all my business historically. Mm -hmm. 
So I'd convince myself, limiting beliefs all over the place, that I needed alcohol to get into that place with that client to sort of close that relationship, let's say. Mm-hmm. So then when I stopped, it scared the life out of me. And people said that, you know, you're going to struggle to do what you do and not drink. But the truth is this. I became so much more consistent in the actual job, the job of being on the phone, banging the drum all day long. I became so much better at that part of it that that far and away superseded any of those late night connections that I may have made. And I get it. I totally hold my hands up. I know there are those moments that it appears to work. But the the, 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 the uh, point is this, that you gain so much more than you ever potentially lose. That is the secret to this. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think there's a bit of an assumption we make or a fear uh, that we make when we go into that um, situation and someone says to you, you know, a client says, so, so what do you want to drink? And, and, and I know you talk about this a lot and being prepared for that and saying, I'll have a soda water, please. And, and dealing with that peer pressure where people look at you and go, sorry, what, what, what did you say? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah, yeah and, and coping with that. And then you can feel the kind of, particularly in a large group where everyone starts leaning in. But I think there's something about inspiring those people. And actually, people do walk away from those conversations thinking, wow, you know, that, that person didn't have a drink. They, they engaged with us all evening. And I'm quite inspired by that rather than thinking, or our assumption is people think I'm n- not playing along with the group or I'm, you know, being difficult or whatever it is. Yeah, I think there's an element. It could become your USP. Your yeah. unique sales yeah, yeah. you stand out. There are a, baz- a bazillion salespeople right now that all drink. There's not many that don't. Stand right. out from the crowd. Yeah. Do something different. Cut the rug. You know, be interesting. Have the banter. Right. Be sharp. Be professional, and don't drink. That's really impressive. I'm t- yeah. It's really impressive. And here's the thing: it's got so much easier. Like when I started this six years ago, there was nothing. So I had to, you know, build pretend pints. I had to do every little trick and water the plants. I sat there one night with a glass of wine and never actually drunk it. I just pretended wow. to. But yeah, whereas yeah. now you've got alcohol-free alternatives everywhere. So you can get your bottle of yeah. Heineken Zero Zero and you can feel part of the group. There's that placebo. And when you've got something that looks like a drink, people sort of leave you alone. They feel, they feel a bit more comfortable around you. Seed lip if you want to have a spirit. It's all there. So it's got a lot easier, I think, now and much yeah. more socially acceptable to not drink. So it's getting easier and easier. And ultimately, it's just an experiment. Just run it for 28 days or 90 yeah. days and see what it's like. And tell your clients, look, I'm running an experiment. Yeah. And you've got to prepare for it. This is where we do loads of work at One You Know Beer. It's like really getting you into that mindset of prepare in advance, know what you're going to drink, let those clients know that you're not drinking, all those type of things that seem small, but they add up to massive momentum. And they're the type of things that get you through those big events and you come out the other side feeling really empowered from it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really powerful word, experiment, because often we, we associate all this with willpower and willpower will get you so far. You know, particularly if the why is not strong enough to help you overcome those those challenges. But if we're looking at it as a 30 day, a 60 day, 90 day or 365 day experiment, then there's something about the, the brain relaxing a little bit with that and not resisting the change. I think when we say you're going to be different for the rest of your life and you're never going to drink again. Everything you look at looks like alcohol. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and every, you know, you're going to go out wanting wanting to drink. But the idea of just saying, hey, it's just an experiment and then being able to socialize on that level and say, by the, by the way, I, I'm not drinking tonight. I'm, I'm experimenting for 30 days uh, alcohol free. So 
there's something about the positioning and agreeing that early on, which probably makes other people think, okay, fine, and they'll probably back off. Yeah, I think it makes a huge difference. If you're drinking buddies, partners, clients, wives, you know, yeah. whatever it is, partners think that there's an end in sight, they can breathe easy. It's like, oh, yeah. eventually I'll get him or her back. But the truth is, the little secret behind all of this is, and why we set it up as a challenge, one, you know, beard.com, we've got yeah. a 28-day challenge, a 90-day challenge, and a 365-day challenge, because the secret is this. And I always knew this myself. If you get to 28 days and you feel amazing and you're smashing it out of the park in the office, and then you get to 90, in my case, I lost three stone in weight, the business went through the roof. I just thought you become unstoppable at that point. Because when you hit 90 days, for example, alcohol-free, it doesn't matter what anyone says then. So almost having a perceived end date helps you get started for long enough to figure it out for yourself. Actually, yeah. I might keep going. And for me, that was, as I mentioned, six years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, what I noticed when I got to 90 days, I was like, uh, well, was just there's no point in drinking on the 91st day or the and I think there's something about that if we're kind of just trying to get to the end then then uh then perhaps we're just not ready for it or we're going to slip up or we slip up and then we reset again because for me I I the first time I did it was when I launched the four keys actually so I it was back in 2017 towards the end of 2017 and a few of us took on the one year no beer challenge on January 1st, 2018. And it, and honestly, everybody that was in that group all said, you know, I cannot believe how productive I've become. Like my energy levels, I'm just more focused, I'm better in the gym, I'm better in my relationships. Uh, and like you say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hitting the phones, I'm doing the work I need to do. It was just such a mindset shift in energy. And, but I think one of the challenges we have is particularly us Brits, and I don't think it's just Brits, but we grow up in that that drinking culture. So there's one thing as a teenager kind of being in that environment. And then you've got the sports culture, which is ironic, really. But I know certainly growing up playing hockey, drinking was part of the culture. You know, you you went yeah. out and you had beers. The beers are in the dressing room after the game. And that was part of it. And then you go into the business world. So it's it's such a challenge to undo some of those cultural habits, not just sort of bad habits we pick up, but, but from a cultural perspective. How do you find managing that when it's so embedded in the culture yeah and the truth is it's not it's not easy you know mm. I, I think this is a really difficult challenge for a lot of people um for the same reasons it was for me because that rubber arm as i mentioned is always there to be twisted especially in the early days because it is yeah. so culturally ingrained in everything we do not just from business the way we celebrate the way we commiserate it's just like the way our worlds set up so to turn that tap off is incredibly difficult that's why you need to do the work you need to prepare you need to treat it like a proper challenge like doing a triathlon or a marathon join a tribe that's why again i think one you know beer or community similar to that are really important tribe mm -hmm. of like-minded people who get it because the truth is when you set out on this little alcohol-free adventure you will probably be the only person on it i still have i still don't have i've got two friends now right outside of them i don't know anyone that doesn't drink alcohol still. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. on a low mission, right? In my immediate friend circle, my yeah. you know colleagues, everyone still drinks. Now, don't get me wrong, they might drink a lot less than they did because of, you know, maybe hopefully some of the positive influence, but they'll still drink. So I think it's owning the fact it's gonna be a solo mission, but then you've just got to buy into it with the right mindset. Like you said earlier, buy into the fact that my eyes are brighter, I'm performing better, I'm better in my relationships, I've lost weight, I'm fitter, I'm faster than I've ever been in my life. That is mm. so powerful. If you list yeah. up those positives, they far outweigh 
those old perceived positives and it undoes a bit of that ambivalence that i think trips a lot of people up yeah yeah absolutely and there are so many things that we can unpick from this conversation and and what you've achieved particularly for the business owners and entrepreneurs leaders that are watching this and that is there's there's one thing being more productive and having a competitive advantage but there's something else i'd like to tap into which is this idea of a movement that you've created something that has galvanized how many thousands of people now have been through the program? Hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of, of thousands of people have galvanized around a common purpose. And if there's one thing a CEO wants to do is, is how do I galvanize my, my business around a common purpose? How do I galvanize even my clients and my cu customers and everyone else around a common purpose and, and create a movement? I mean, that's, that in itself is a competitive advantage. Can you just touch on that a little bit, just kind of making the parallels to business and what, how people might go about starting a movement yeah i think very much you've got to live it haven't you i think whatever business you're in you've got to live and breathe that business you've got to, you know embody what it is you do whether that's yeah. selling paper or that's <clears throat> being a thought leader in terms of trying to inspire people to go alcohol free so for my own example all i can say is i love it and i absolutely live it if you watch me on instagram or facebook or any of that stuff watch every morning at seven o'clock exactly right I'm there, um, well, it's eight o'clock here in prague but yeah seven which is yeah. better for me, but yeah and you're I'm there I mean, you're there every day relentless and you know inspiring people every day so you, and i think it's that that's what's contagious about the whole movement is that you you know because some people might get up and think i don't want to talk about today you know what what's my topic what content am i trying to put out there and i think as soon as it becomes like that we, we perhaps lose the the, the the realness about it and i think what you you do every day is you bring that that realness that you you are living and breathing it and and that in itself is inspiration so there's something about leaders and how they live and breathe whatever the purpose of their business is whatever change they're making in the world that's the challenge isn't it for any business owner absolutely that is the key and and you know uh, you touched on it there when i do those lives of a morning I work out what I'm going to say about one second before it goes live, <laughs> and then I just roll with it because, yeah. again, you normally just repeat certain themes. But again, all I'm doing is just telling the story about the fact that I'm enjoying being alcohol free. It's so simple, and you just keep repeating that thing, and I never get tired of it. That's probably five years I've had of doing that same thing, and I love it. And I think that's important, isn't it? I think it's to yeah. keep up that passion for what you do, lead from the front, be that example, and that inspires everyone all the way down the chain. And it was the same when I, I run the broken business um, that I set up, Alpha Energy, with a guy called Richard Taggart. It was the same thing. It was like, right, I'm out front. I'm the leader. This business will sink or swim with me. Fact. And I knew it. That was one of the main reasons I stopped drinking, because I knew that business wouldn't survive unless I was on my A game. Literally, the guy that banged the drum, told where people to go, told people who to phone, and on it, on it, on it all day long. And that in itself inspires people. It galvanizes people. And I think... For any business leader, no matter whether you've got one person in your staff or a thousand, it, you've got to embody what it is. And I think too often that doesn't happen or people get tired of tired of it, you know, and they lose that that advantage. They lose that love for it and people can feel it and sense it. And I think that soon flows yeah. all the way down that, that company sort of culture, as it were. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you say, a fish rots on the head. So if the if we lose that that motivation and I think that's where the difference between having a very powerful why whether you're trying to stop drinking alcohol or take the, an organization or a business in a certain direction. But often we get caught up on the vision. 
And I think there's a parallel that can be made there where people say, oh, I'm going to give up alcohol because I'm going to have a six pack, which is kind of like a vision. It's, uh, it's quite selfish, really. It's just it's about me. And, and the same we see in leaders, you know, I, I want to get my business to turn over X amount of money or I want to be able to exit the business in, in three years time. But there's no real purpose or why to it. It's just a selfish act, really. And that person who wants the six pack soon gets bored of the idea of having a six pack or they can justify it when they're out in the pub. They go, you know what? I don't really need that six pack. But for me, the biggest game changer was when I because I was getting arthritis from alcohol and suffering with gout. I mean, I've suffered with it for, for 20 years and it's definitely alcohol related. So when it came to kind of aesthetics, I was like, eh, I'm not really that bothered about that. I'll have a beer. It's, it's fine. It's just a one or two nights a week. But when the why became about being able to play on that Saturday morning with my kids or go skiing with my daughter and being able to and being always being ready, you know, being able to if, even if I had to run and carry my son to safety, you know, if when I had gout and I was limping around or laid up on the couch, I couldn't protect him. I mean, literally yeah. protect him. So all of a sudden, my why to stop drinking became so much more powerful than I just want to lose some pounds and get a six pack or you know what I mean? It just yeah. It was a bit of a game changer for me. And I, and I think business owners would do really well to try and tap into some of that to say, actually, what, what change are we making in the world? And how do I live and breathe that every day so that I can speak from my heart every day rather than here's the vision, guys. We can do this. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I, it just, just to jump in there, um, and I mentioned this in my latest book, Let's Do This. Let's but do I talk this. about yeah. there's – two parts to motivation and that is the why you're, you're absolutely right simon sinek you know yep. what why and get behind that that's really powerful but also there's a second part to motivation because it changes that's what i found right especially looking at people on their alcohol free adventure people can have the most powerful whys you've ever seen like mm. super powered whys and what tends to happen is i think there's a little bit of mythology that that's all you need so they've got these powerful whys they start mm -hmm. then they trip up and then they go oh, how can i you know, how could I do that? You know, my why is my son and I've had a, that's terrible. I'm broken. I'm doing something mm. wrong and then they give up. So I think what's really important, you have your whys to get you started yeah. and then your wins in the moment keep you going. Like nice. what is it about the challenge in the moment right now? What is mm -hmm. it giving you? Being alcohol free, for example, are your eyes a bit brighter? Have you got a little bit more energy? You're a little bit more motivated. Have you just managed to not lose your temper? That These are mm -hmm. massive wins. Look for these little wins. So in the business sense, it's the same thing. Be really connected to your why, that big picture vision. But what are the benefits in the moment? Maybe it's, it's that you've got, it? yeah, maybe it's that you've got 10 staff. You're changing 10 people's lives. Maybe yeah. it's that your product changed lives connect with that in the moment these wins what is this job giving you on a daily basis right now this second that you can connect with if you link into that stuff combined with your wise you're super powered yeah yeah it's powerful stuff and I, I think there's something there about change you know so when we're as, as humans if we are going to change our lifestyle which for some people giving up alcohol is a dramatic shift in lifestyle it's going to require some level of change isn't it you know you go through that sort of change curve and organizations do the same you know they, they'll say we want to go in this direction they might they might have to change the culture the processes the systems the staff and that can pe make people feel uneasy and what i think you're saying there is which really resonates with me is that we've got to celebrate what's working because when you're yeah. at the bottom of that and it feels a bit clunky and difficult and it hurts like change does we need to be reminded of actually we're doing some good stuff here 
and it, there's some really positive things coming out of this. I think we can miss yeah. that sometimes because we're so focused on the pain of it. Yeah, or we get so focused on that big why that we forget yeah. to acknowledge all the good things we're doing right. at the moment. And that's that's yeah. ultimately what's going to keep you showing up every day. Because yeah. I think very often you can run out of steam, even with your why. It's incredibly difficult. I love the work of Simon Sinek and all, you know, back to Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. This stuff is so powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, to genuinely connecting with a why that is so powerful that you can yeah. just turn up and da da, you know, yeah. make long term change or transform your business. It's a 10,000, 100,000 to one shot in truth. Yeah. But yeah. I think those wins in the moment, they're there every day. Go and look for them. They are there. And just another thing, just to expand on this point, yep. failure is part of the process. Right. Everyone's got to accept yeah. that. Whether you're changing your relationship with alcohol or you're transforming your business, you are going to fail. Parts of your business will go wrong. That is just the way life is set up. All change requires learning from failure to last. For example, when I looked into this, again, for the book, I looked at the stages of change model. This is a guy uh, by a guy called James Prochaska. Really interesting model. It looks like a perfect circle. It feeds the myth that we should be perfect, right? Perfect mm -hmm. is the thing that trips so many people up when they make change because Let's say, for example, someone's taken a break from alcohol. They've done 21 days. They have a drink. Too many people at that point there say, that's it. I've failed. That's it. It's over. I'm broken. What's the point? They've just done 21 days. Alcohol-free, that's a massive win. And when you look at the literature and look behind at the science, what I found from that uh, stages of change model, that when they looked at smokers, it was taking five to six times around the loop. What does that tell us? Right. Failures, slip up, stumbles, fumbles, blips are part of the change process. It's a necessary part. Yes, it hurts, but that's where all the learning is. That's where yeah. all the growth is. And it's exactly the same for business. When you can learn that and own it and not run away from it because yeah. you feel like you should be perfect, that's when real leaps forward, I think, happen. Yeah, I, I think it's it's similar to the, the concept of the hero's journey, isn't it? You know, you, you're kind of on your hero's journey and there are going to be failures on the way. And it's those that can persevere and, and and be resilient through those tough times. But but as a sense of what I'm hearing also is, is to embrace that failure, to kind of just accept that it's part of the journey and, and we're going to slip up. And maybe you slip up after 21 days, but next time it's 35 days and next time it's you get to 90 and then, you know, whatever your target is. But it's that element of just resetting, collecting your thoughts, celebrating success and going again. Is that right? Absolutely. So imagine you get to 90 days and there's two or three blips in there. So you've just done 90 days alcohol free with two or three blips. Maybe you were drinking two or three times a week. Do the maths. That is a massive percentage difference. Yeah. You know, move yeah. away from this perfectionist mindset. It just trips people up in business and it trips them up in changing life. Right. No one is perfect. Even me. Just ask my wife. She's just out there. She will tell you exactly. Yeah. All of my. Yeah. I'm I think sure we can all relate to that. Yeah. Exactly. Don't ask your partner. They will tell yeah. you. Yeah. Absolutely. So there, there are a number of things here we, we've talked about. One is the competitive advantage of giving up alcohol, you know, even if it's tactical for a period of time. Uh, so just on that, we're, we're, obviously, they could go to one year, no beer. They could sign up to the program. What what tips have you got for someone right now who's sitting there thinking, that sounds like a good idea to me, but I'm just not sure where to start or how to go about it. It scares me, you know, because some people are genuinely yeah. scared of it, which I, sounds I, crazy but scared of the idea. What, what's the starting point? Starting point is to start. 
I, I'm, obvious as that sounds, what will happen is this. You'll think, oh, that crazy ginger guy, this sounds like a good idea. And then you'll look at your calendar and go, uh, can't do it. I've got the 40th. Oh, yeah. I can't do it. I've got the Christmas wedding. I can't do it in the summer. I've got the wedding. Then I'm going holiday. Then it's over. Right, right. start now. There's always yeah. going to be something in your diary, right? And here's the secret. When you overcome some of those huge social challenges, alcohol-free, I guarantee it to you right now, they're some of the biggest and best moments you'll ever have on the whole yeah. journey. When you do the wedding, when you dance at a wedding sober, I've done it, yeah. not pretty to look at, it's it's just not a nice sight, but yeah, I've yeah. done it, right? That was my number one fear. When you overcome those things, you have a laugh. You realize that you're sharp-witted and you can still have the banter. You can still have a great time. I tell you, the momentum that comes from those moments is absolutely massive. So whatever you do, don't look at your diary just start then yeah. i would say find a tribe find a tribe when i started this six years ago there were no tribes for people like me middle lane drinkers that's why we created one you know beer club soda there's various different types of tribes there's still not many there's still not enough in truth find mm. a tribe of people that you can resonate with and then do the work treat it like an adventure and treat it like an experiment take the data who are you today with alcohol what do you look like in 28 days have you lost weight are you fitter are you faster are you making more yeah you know money in terms of your business and then the answer's all in the data so in summary just start and learn and here's the thing as well if things go wrong as i said dust yourself off learn from that experience come back stronger and keep coming back until you get that longer streak long mm -hmm. enough so that you make that realization yourself that actually there's nothing to give up and everything to gain and just to uh, wrap that up my mission in life is to get inspire people to start this alcohol-free adventure then keep them on it long enough so they work it out for themselves but yeah, there's nice. nothing to give up and everything to gain then my work here is done they don't need me they don't need the government they don't need books they don't need you they will know themselves this is such a winner why didn't i do this years ago yeah yeah and i think that's that's quite important isn't it because there's one thing have a dependency on alcohol but the last thing you want is them to then have a dependency on the program or you um despite the fact you're changing lives, but that ability to make yourself redundant and for people to be able to take care of themselves is is an important part of this, I assume. That's, that's the dream. And I think what happens for a lot of people, they come into this to, to change their relationship with alcohol and then they want to look at everything. Yeah. Now I want to look at productivity. I want to look at developing myself. This is when it gets really exciting and we see these huge transformations. Alcohol is the gateway of taking a break from alcohol is the gateway to all the good stuff because when you get your consistency that's when people get fitter they yeah. get back in that optimal way optimal shape they get faster they improve their nutrition maybe they start to find quiet time they study i mean my own example i went back to university twice to do a degree and a master's degree part-time because yeah. i had all the time in the world to get up earlier because my sleep was optimized because yeah. i wasn't drinking yeah. alcohol the knock-on effects are huge but yeah. you only ever find out when you try yeah yeah and and life's short isn't it? You know, and I, I know we've talked about this a few times and I have a love-hate relationship with alcohol because I grew up in an environment where, you know, as a, as a seven-year-old, I was in the pub whilst my dad had the beers and it was post-football match. My, my dad had played football and you'd end up spending the whole afternoon in the pub. Unfortunately for me, you know, my dad, he, he ended up dying at, at 48. Um, mm. And we all, I mean, I've got two brothers, two sisters, and we always talk about dad and was he an alcoholic? Was he, and, and dad would always say, uh, no, I'm not an alcoholic because I don't get up and drink. You know, you just drank after work and then it was pretty much the weekends. Um, but equally, you would say that alcohol, you know, beer was his medicine. It's what kind of, so there was clearly some something going on there. 
And, you know, I've spoken to a lot of, I'm, I'm 44 this year. I've got other colleagues who are coming up to 40 and they hear the story and they're like, shit, this is getting real. You know, I've, I've got to, I've got to do something about this because mm. I am drinking Monday to Friday. I am, you know, getting in late and having a kebab at night. And I, th I, I still play five side football once a week, but it's just not enough, you know, and they're sore, their backs aching and they shouldn't be feeling this well. I don't know about you, but since giving up alcohol for the most part and removing other foods, I just felt that my body doesn't ache as much. My, my, I've more clarity, just, just everything starts to work better. I think you just optimize yourself again. You rediscover your authentic self mentally and physically. I'm 45 now. I'm in better condition than when I was 21 playing professional sport. Yeah. That's yeah, just yeah. fact, yeah, right? It, yeah, yeah. it is. Slightly less hair, but apart from that, I'm in better nick. <laughs> A bit more gray as well. <laughs> yeah, when I was playing professional sport, because that's how we're meant to be. You know, I, I remember clearly when I was 35, when this all sort of started, and I was tired, I was overweight, unhealthy, plateauing a little bit in my career, running out of steam, running out of motivation. I clearly remember thinking, oh, this is middle age. Right. This is what middle age feels yeah. like. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to feel that no, way. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. No, neither does old age need to feel like that either. I guarantee it that when you optimize yourself, and a big part yeah. of that, for me, the catalyst behind so much of that is alcohol. Because as yeah. I touched on it earlier, when you really think about it, that is the one thing. And there's a great book called The One Thing that I'm sure many of you have read. Everyone's looking for their one thing. The one thing is to take a break from alcohol because yeah. it's the catalyst to all the good stuff. It's the one thing that will mean you're consistent in the way that you eat because you don't have the stodge food and the pizza mm -hmm. and the hungover stuff. It's the one thing that will allow you to be consistent in the way you move your body because you're not flaking on the training session because yeah. you're feeling a bit dodgy after last night's session. We've all been there a good squillion times. So you get consistent the way you eat the way that you move your body, right? It's two massive things. Then maybe you start to meditate. Like I could never get into meditation when I was drinking because I was too anxious. Mm -hmm. The irony of that, right? I needed yeah. to remove yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you find quite, all of a sudden you're optimizing all the yeah. things that make, oh, your sleep. I mean, the, the best thing you can ever do outside of taking a break from alcohol, optimize your sleep in terms of performance. Alcohol destroys mm -hmm. sleep. It's all linked. That's the thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting to that optimized weight, you get your energy back, your time back. It's a different game. And then you've got the energy to be super powered in your business, in your relationships, all of those things. And for me, very much the spark for many, many people is to take a break from alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And you mentioned earlier that, about your mission and that your goal is to essentially make yourself redundant in a way to, so that people can feel empowered. So what's next for you? What's on the horizon? Um, well, I've got this book out. Let's do this. It's the second yeah. book. I've just launched uh, an elite training business called Seneca Performance, which is revolutionizing wellness as we speak. We've been running this into a brokerage for the last two months where we go and physically train the brokers, which is never we've never really seen that before. And then I mentally train them. So it's mindset training, nice. physical training to optimize their performance, yeah. lifestyle management, sleep optimization, doing the whole suite of things, treating them like office athletes, like they deserve. You know, when you've got elite performance, I contrast it with football, tennis, golf. They've yeah. got nutritionists, psychologists, psychiatrists, trainers, sports scientists. Right? Why? Because they are talented individuals capable of elite performance and significant revenue generation. Contrast that with the city and their brokers and traders and underwriters and law professionals. Talented individuals capable of elite performance, significant revenue generation, nothing. No support, zip zero that is yeah. not right 
We've got to start looking after these people at an elite level, give them everything they need, all the tools they need to perform at an elite level because everyone wins. Yeah. Staff are happier, more engaged. They're producing more. The business wins, right? It's been completely overlooked. So that's... It's a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? It's a no-brainer. Yeah, 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 good. And for those that are sat there now going, well, where do I start? Where, where, where's the program? What do I do? Where can I go? Where should we send them? Uh, so one of you know beer.com if you want to take a challenge. I'm Andy Ramage on LinkedIn. Give me a shout about any of this stuff that I, I've been talking about. Andy Ramage official on Instagram and Facebook. The one you know beer channels, Instagram and Facebook. Check that out. The best place to start, I think, is to take a little cheeky challenge. Even a little 28 day. I prefer 90. 28 days will get you going. Yeah, 90 was, I thought 90 was the get a bit of a game changer, really, because it shows you what you're capable of, you know? In my opinion, you need to do the night. Like 28 days is a warm up, and it's great to make you feel like I can definitely do 20. Everyone can do 28 days, right? And I think that's the way to approach it. But if you can then extend it to 90, I think that's where the alcohol free magic kicks in. Right. Yeah, great. And the book is on Amazon? On Amazon. So the two books, the 28 day alcohol free challenge, and let's do this, my latest book, both on Amazon now. The yeah. second book is all about motivation. So it's not about okay. alcohol per se. It's just about motivation. Any change you want to make, whether you want to power up your career, lose some weight, take yeah. a break from alcohol, it's all in there. Brilliant. Fantastic. Landy, it's been as inspirational as always talking to you. I thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And it's it's just just brilliant. I'm sure there's loads of people that are just inspired now. And and I hope they uh, enjoy you know being as productive and as I have been and you have been and, and hundreds of thousands of other people that have taken on the challenge. So, and thank you so much for setting it up and, and, and changing lives. Oh, no, it's really cool. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure. Thanks, Andy. Cool. Thank you for listening to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, head over to andrewsilito.com.